Good evening, Brockington Road Church of the Nazarene. We're back with you live from the church library. We had so much fun doing this last week. We thought, hey, let's do it again. And the coronavirus is still around. So, hey, we're going to practice safe social distancing, except while we're in this room. <laughs> uh, but outside this room, we will practice that distance. Um, we're going to be talking about chaos. Uh, it's one of the hot topics. Pastor Jen found that for us online today. These are some hot topics while in the midst of the coronavirus, and one of those is chaos. And so we're going to talk about how God can bring order out of chaos. And so, But first, I want to just let uh, Jason give us an announcement here before we get started. During this time, uh, I think folks are looking for ways uh, to, to continue their giving. And um, so we just wanted to remind everyone that you can mail in your uh, tithe and offering to the church. Uh, the address is 9860 uh, Brockington Road, Sherwood, Arkansas, 72120. Uh, you can do that. Um, or if you want to call the office during the week, um, check in to see if somebody's going to be here. Our normal office hours are between 9 and 4, and usually somebody is here, but I think it'd be good to call ahead um, uh, to the church number, and that's 501-835-1214. And then you could come by and drop off uh, your offerings during the week. All right, thank you. All right, we have some birthdays in March, and Pastor Mallory, uh, in festive spirit, is going to give us some of the uh, the birthdays for March. So these are the rest of our birthdays for the month of March. If you think of these people during this month, feel free to send them a card, send them a text, phone call them, FaceTime them, stand outside their window and wave. (laughs) Um, So on March 26th, we have Mary Brown and Pat Ward are celebrating birthdays. On the 27th, it's Jean Smith, Sandra Parker, Taylor Daniel on Saturday March 28th, it's Alta Burns. On the 29th, it's Adam Keithley, Reba Ferguson, and Spencer West. And the 30th is Cindy Says, and the 31st is Debbie Campbell. So happy birthday to you. Thank you. Nice. Happy birthday, everybody. Yes. Well, sometimes we can get kind of down, and so we thought maybe Pastor Jan could liven us up a little bit with some jokes in this season of our lives. Pastor Jan. You know, I actually like to call this a little bit of hope. So I've got some hope to spread right now. Um, I just want to say, I found this online, so it's not mine, but um, Rapunzel did meet her future husband while she was in quarantine. So if you're single out there, um, you have some hope. Hoping for it. Hope. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Pastor Mallory, that's good. Well, that's good. So chaos is all around us. And um, just maybe in the last seven days, uh, maybe we can kind of go around and just share of something that's been chaotic in your life. Doesn't have to be a huge thing, but maybe to you it's been chaotic. So Pastor Mallory, you want to start? I've had to learn how to cook again instead of just ordering food or going through a drive-thru or picking something up. I've had to learn how to cook again. This is a really troubling time in my life. (laughs) That's good. All right, thanks. Pastor Jen. Um, Kids, when you want them to take a nap and they don't want to take a nap, that is pure chaos. Mm, Pure chaos. chaos there, yeah. Jason, any chaotic moments for you in the last week? Mm. It was kind of crazy at the grocery store Saturday afternoon. Everybody just seemed, uh, you know, r- they were kind of irritable. And and the grocery store literally looked like the end of the world had <laughs> happened. And, I mean, I, other than just the change that we're all experiencing in our lives, I found that to be amazing that mm-hmm. that that the grocery store was such a wreck. <laughs> 
We are out of toilet paper. Okay, oh, no. we'll just move on to the next one here. I'm kidding. We're doing okay. We've, we've been pretty... Probably grocery store, same for me. I'd say that. Uh, I did go down the toilet paper aisle uh, twice now that I've been to Walmart, and both times completely cleared out. And okay. so uh, it's just kind totally of fun empty. to go down there. Crazy stuff. So, uh, well, we're going to look at some scriptures, three, that talk about the idea of going from chaos to order and how God brings order to our lives. And so I thought this would be appropriate for us. So Jason's going to read Genesis uh, from chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 for us as we get started here. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. That's an amazing thought, um, how it became unordered or became disordered. Uh, if God created everything good, how could there be anything that was disordered? And I'd heard one philosophy on that or one theological point that somewhere between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, Lucifer was kicked out of heaven and was came down to earth in a flash of lightning. So who knows? I don't know how God created something that was not full of order to begin with, but he brought order out of the chaos in Genesis 1, 1, and 2. Here's a question for the three of us, uh, three of you here. God brought order out of chaos in the very beginning, and how does God bring order out of chaos in March of 2020? Any thoughts on that? In the chaos that we're in right now, how can God bring order out of this chaos? I feel like I've seen God more through these past few weeks than any other time in this year, just because you see all these families who are resting and being together and you see communities coming together for things like the bear hunt and just, I don't know. I feel like there's a community sense that wasn't there before. And there's a time of rest and relaxation, not only for us, but for the creation God created. Okay. For some of those in our viewing audience that don't know what the bear hunt is, what, what is that? Well, some of the neighborhoods around here are putting bears in like their windows or on their front porch. So kids, when they go on their walks with their parents or on a ride, they can find them. Annalise says found 29 last yesterday. Wow. Yeah. I only found nine on mine, but I was also driving. <laughs> so I had to stop. Now, are these stuffed animals, or are they real bears? They're uh, real bears. Okay, that's what I... <laughs> you invite them into your homes? We've lost three kids in there's, the deal. They're Sylvan Hills bears. Oh! oh. Yeah. Go. That's good. They're winners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Pastor Jen, she's going to read Psalm 139, uh, verses 12 through 16, and we're going to do some fun facts with this afterwards. So Psalm 139, 12 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together at the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. The complexity of an infant. It's just amazing. And so I found some things online today looking up the first 12 weeks of a baby's after conception of their life. And so we're going to look at the first 12 weeks, and uh, each of us are going to take just a short paragraph to talk about this. And so Pastor Jen's going to go first, starting with conception. At conception, the gender and genetic makeup of the baby begins. About three days later, the fertilized egg cell divides rapidly and then passes through the fallopian tube into the uterus, where it attaches to the uterine wall. The attachment site provides nourishment to the rapidly developing baby and becomes the placenta. That's crazy. That's awesome. But that's crazy. Think about the order that's coming about inside the womb of a, of a woman. Pastor Mallory, she's going to talk about the baby's development at four weeks. After four weeks, the basic structures of the baby have begun to develop into separate areas that will form the head, chest, abdomen, and the organs that will contain within them. 
Small buds on the surface will become arms and legs. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then Jason's going to talk to us about the baby's development at eight weeks. At eight weeks, the baby is about one half an inch long. Facial features such as developing ears, eyelids, and nose tip are present. The limb buds are now clearly arms and legs, while the fingers and toes are still developing. Mm. And then I'll take the uh, baby's development at 12 weeks. At 12 weeks, the baby has grown to about two inches in length and may begin to move by itself. The fingers and toes are discernible, and the fetal heartbeat may be audible by ultrasound. The baby's gender may be identified by ultrasound techniques. Talk about just taking a little cell that divides and then turning into this awesome little creature of God, this little infant baby in the womb. Uh, Just amazing to me. Uh, Here's some interesting things about just some newborn facts or facts about newborn babies. And so Pastor Jane and Pastor Mallory, you want to take us through those? Learning to talk begins in the womb. Oh, Babies are born with the ability to swim. Birthmarks are surprisingly common. Babies have more bone. Oh, sorry. Babies are short-sighted. Babies have more bones than adults. 300 in babies versus 206 in adults. Baby stomachs are surprisingly tiny. And it's normal for newborns to lose weight. There's no such thing as a normal baby sleep. They can sleep between 18 to 20 hours a day. That would be nice. That, that sounds like the people in the congregation when they're listening to me preach. No, or I'm the kidding. teens. <laughs> or the um, teens. At home for spring break. Yeah. Okay, now what was that about swimming? Babies? Oh, babies can swim in the womb. I cannot swim very well. <laughs> <laughs> so they have something I don't have. We need to send her back. Let her learn how to swim. Uh, by the way, Pastor Mallory is from Salisaw, in case anybody was wondering. Okay. I'm not from Salisaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Having some fun. Um, Pastor Mallory, you want to read uh, Hebrews eleven three for us, talking about this whole idea of creation. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which were visible. Ah, there you go. There's just an amazing thought there. By faith, we understand, uh, the Hebrew writer says, that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. All of these worlds that, that we see, the Earth, all of the planets we see, and our universe, our galaxy, all of these planets and celestial beings were created at God's word. And so God brought order out of chaos in that. And so that's very comforting. Just kind of think about what's, what's going on in our country right now with all of the fear, all of the, the fear mongering from the press, from other people. This idea of hunker down and just, you know, try to get through it and don't commit suicide seems to be kind of the advice. And instead... God gives us something so much more vibrant and beautiful to think about that he sustains all of these things that he has created. And so it's not in our hands. I mean, he's given us a part, but we trust him to sustain us even in things like this. So we're going to look at five scientific facts that are in the Bible. These are five scientific facts in the Bible. And I got this information from the Christian Post. And so uh, we're going to start with Jason and give these five different facts. The first is Earth's free float in space, Job 26.7, written 3,500 years ago. He stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. Hmm. <laughs> um, so the earth isn't flat. Exactly. It's, it's, it's hanging somewhere. I guess I maybe stole number two, but the mm-hmm. idea is that... that, that, <laughs> sorry, that you should fight, fight him, fight him, fight him. <laughs> but, but the fact that it... That, our, the earth seems to be hanging on nothing, suspended in, by, by nothing. It's just suspended in the air. 
Sorry, Pastor Jan. Go ahead. What is the second fact that we're going to look at? You would never know this, but um, the earth is round. Oh, my. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah 40, 22, written 2,800 years ago, says, It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Mm. How long ago was that written? 2,800 years ago. See, I didn't know that. Thank you. For, that's some <laughs> new information for me. I like that. That's good. Uh, Pastor Mallory, number three there. The first law of thermodynamics. Genesis 2.1, which takes place after creation, tells us, Thou the heaven and the earth and all the host of them were finished. The Hebrew, Hebrew word used here in the past defines the tense for the verb finished, indicating an action completed in the past, never again to occur. Creation was finished once and for all. Isn't that cool? I don't want to rush past this. I mean, if any of you have a thought, make sure you just stop me here on this. But that is such a cool thought, this first law of thermo, thermodynamics that God created something and it was finished. Uh, there's a second law, uh, which it's the second law of thermodynamics, I think, that has the idea that things that start will begin to wear down and come to a halt or come to a stop. And, uh, and so even this universe that God created will come to an end at some point. He will cause an end to come to it, according to the Bible. So there's another one that we didn't put in here, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Any other thoughts there before we move on? I don't want to bypass anything that you're thinking well talking about the word there that, that talks about finish indicating an action completed in a past never to occur again there it's it's sort of uh bouncing off in the the word that in the beginning mm. that that was a time before time existed mm -hmm. so now we've got this that it's finished and it will never occur again mm. yeah. so yeah. So there was a, an origination point. There was a mm -hmm. beginning to everything that God started here, yeah, that he created. That's good. Well, the third one is, uh, I'll let Jason take this one for us. Uh, laws of quarantine. Uh, Leviticus thirteen forty six, written about 3,500 years ago. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp, Long before medical science discovered the importance of quarantining persons with infectious diseases, the Bible instructed it. In 1490 B.C., the scriptures tell what to do if someone has a skin condition like leprosy. Laws of quarantine were not instigated by modern men until the 17th century. So the idea of quarantining that we're practicing right now in these different areas is a God-given idea. Do you kind of wonder if God knows how to keep his creation alive? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that he, he does, as you said last week, that he gives us a mind to, to reason with and to think. He gives us creativity of thought in this, that, but he also gives us instruction. And so he says, hey, if you've got a disease, stay mm -hmm. apart from the rest of the crowd, from the herd, as, Jason, as Jared would say. We don't want to be a part of the herd. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's a cool thought. Any thoughts on this? This law of quarantine that the Bible instructed uh, 3,500 years ago. Any other thoughts on that before we move on? That, that uh, where it talks about in the 17th century when they brought it up, my understanding is it was a monk that knew the scriptures and communicated that to the people uh, during the time of the plague mm. in, in Europe. Mm. And when they, when they began to quarantine, the plague finally died out. That's good. Ooh, nice. Mm. Well, I didn't even prep him for that. That was awesome. Oh. 
So the idea of God bringing order out of chaos, when a society has diseases or issues like this, that God gives us specific instructions how to cure that disease, in a sense, how to, to eliminate at least the spread of that disease, and then to be able to see the society move on in a fruitful and effective way. I want to give you the, uh, the fifth one. It's the hydrologic cycle, Amos 9.6, written 2,800 years ago. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. Now listen to this fact. The Mississippi River dumps over 6 million gallons of water per second into the Gulf of Mexico. Where does all that water go? That's just one of thousands of rivers. The answer lies in the hydrologic cycle, something not fully understood until the 17th century, but so well brought out in the Bible. The scriptures inform us all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. That's Ecclesiastes 1.7. And then in Psalm 135.7, it tells us, He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. And then Ecclesiastes 11.3 states that if, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. So these are five scientific facts that the Bible brings out way ahead of all of those uh, that discover these things later. But if we would have just looked into the Bible, we could have seen these things already written for us. All right, we've wrapped up uh, our, our time today. I want to make sure we have time for prayer. But any last comments that you have for our congregation who have been sitting in their homes doing nothing for eight days now, I think. Any other comments you have? I think that sometimes, like we're saying, God uses the chaos. Uh, Isaiah in 24.10, he says, The city of chaos is broken down. Every house is shut up so that none may enter. Mm. So that's still God's plan in the chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, not that he brought about the illness, but in the chaos for us to find this time to bring to bring our hearts back to him, mm -hmm. and then for others also to seek him. I think this is mm -hmm. a great time uh, to witness in ways that we've never thought of before. Yeah, that's good. Anything else? I would say that chaos isn't new, and it's not that foreign to God, um, mm. but God does bring order, and God cares about us, like we talked about last week, enough to want order in our lives. And so um, I would just say that, you know, if somebody's out there struggling this week or something, thinking this is this is new for me, I've never been through this kind of chaos before, I would tell them that there is a greater hope out there, that mm. God understands mm. what chaos looks like, mm. and God can help us through it and encourage us mm. through it, and we can turn to Jesus in the middle of it. Mm. That's good. Mm. Thank you. I think sometimes as adults, we even if we get caught up in the chaos, that we forget, you know, how overwhelming it is for kids, because we're used to pain and suffering in the world we kind of get desensitized to it. But kids, a lot of times, this is the first time they're experiencing it, so it's so much more overwhelming for them. So I'd say address those fears with your kids. Talk to them about it. Talk about how there is order in chaos and be open to those conversations because all the feelings we feel is 10 times more overwhelming for them. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. Yes, uh -huh. to talk with our kids good. about that, to be open. Yeah, that's good. I want to share just a quick story, and we'll have prayer together. Um, I remember I was about 12 or 13 years of age, and uh, my uncle and my aunt, they got a boat 
I'm not sure if they rented the boat or if they purchased a boat. I can't remember the details of that, but we went to a lake there in Southwest Missouri and my uncle was backing the boat up down the, the, the ramp and, uh, it was there in the water and, um, something happened, um, after we took the boat out, went out, had our fun. And then my uncle brought the boat back down the, 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 uh, the trailer and put it in the water, the boat, we were trying to put it on the trailer and it, it just wouldn't go. And we put the boat on there. The guy was trying to get the boat up on the trailer. And then the truck was slipping and going back down into the water. And I remember being 12 years of age and being in the sheer panic, thinking we we're going to lose everything. And the driver in the truck, I, I thought everybody was going to die in this whole thing. You know, your mind just goes nuts. And I remember just standing there thinking, I didn't know what to do. And my dad was over on the shore and he was kind of watching and giving some guidance, and but he hadn't said anything up to that point. And I was just in this panic. I didn't know what to do. And I just turned to my dad and said, Dad, what are we supposed to do? He said, stop. Just a second. Let's think this through. And he said, okay, back the boat up, pull the truck up, get in a dry spot. He, and he just kind of just talked us through it in a real calm voice. And I remember thinking, why did I get so panicked? Uh, but I did the right thing. I just, I talked to my dad. And so of course the inference there is when you find yourself in a panic, when you're not sure what to do, just cry out, say, dad, what are we supposed to do right now? And allow him to bring peace and calm to our disorder and hopefully bring in order out of chaos. So anyway, something for you to think about. All hearts clear. All chests clear of coronavirus, <laughs> we hope. <laughs> well, I'd like to, uh, again, say a special thanks to Jared Tompkins for helping us to get all of this ready. Good. And uh, he does such a great job with all of the IT and the video stuff for our church. And so we couldn't do it without him. So, And Jason, I know, did a lot of this as well. So thanks to all of you. Let's have a word of prayer before we close. Father in heaven, thank you for the ability to communicate peace and calm through technology. That somehow, some way, as those in our church are watching this video, the peace of Jerusalem can come through this to their hearts and bring peace to them. And so, Father, if there be chaos and disorder in the hearts of the people that we love in this church, we pray that you would wrap your big, strong arms around them, pull them close, and let them know that you have all things in your control and that you are going to bring all kinds of order out of all kinds of chaos. I thank you for each one around this table and the ministry that they are performing for you. Would you bless each of these around this table, each of these servants of the Lord? Would you use them to bring about great peace to the people of your congregation? And Father, uh, we do again pray for our world that you would uh, eliminate this coronavirus. Um, you told us in your word to ask and to seek and to knock. And so we just ask and seek and knock right now at heaven's door and say, Father, would you calm all of the disease uh, in our world? Bring it down, Father, and may we be able to go back to a way of order in our life, but also in that time remembering that you are with us. We love you, Father, and we thank you for loving us. Be with all of those in Arkansas that are affected by this coronavirus. Bring them peace, and we'll be careful to give you praise, for we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you.